0: Well, hey everyone, before we hear from Karen Pennington, our guest today, I have some exciting news for those of you who already have your book in print. Did you know that an estimated 131 million people listened to an audiobook in 2021? That is mind boggling. If you're ready to get your book in front of an entirely new and fast-growing market, an audiobook is right for you. Audiobooks will bring your message to more people as it gives the listener a new way to hear your story in an intimate way. Leverage this opportunity. Get your book in the ears of millions of people by creating an audiobook today. We can help. Visit redemptionpressaudio.com for our introductory special and set up a time to chat with BJ from our Redemption Press team. She has firsthand experience of how an audiobook can benefit you. Welcome to this week's edition of the All Things Podcast. I am super excited to introduce you to Redemption Press author Karen Pennington and her book, An Anointed Mess, Discovering the Daily Adventure of Grace. But before we bring her on, let me give her a proper introduction. A podcaster committed to seeking the excellence, fun, and wisdom of God in daily living, Karen Pennington also has written and published Christian magazine articles. Her career has centered on education and Christian ministry, including local, regional, and national lay ministries, curriculum development, and conference and seminar planning. Karen now enjoys substitute teaching and serving at her church. She and her husband Ben live in Jamestown, New York and consider church and Sunday family dinners with granddaughter Amelia, who happens to be the light of their lives, daughter Alita and son-in-law Baker, the highlight of each week. Second to being in the presence of those she loves, Karen's happy places are the beach and in the middle of a good clearance sale. She hosts the Daily Adventures in Grace podcast over on podbeam.com. So let's roll that tape. All right, well Karen, it is just uh, great to have you back on the All things podcast. Thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedule to be with me today.
1: Oh, very much my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: You bet. So I'm going to start, before I ask you about your book, I am going to start with my favorite question. Um, I would just love for our listeners to hear how God works in your life, behind the scenes, how he works all things together for good. And, And we've all got lots of stories, so I would just love for you to share the story that you feel like God would have you share, just for us to get a glimpse into his amazing faithfulness to work things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose.
1: Amen. Well, um, there's no time like the present and God has been doing some heart surgery on me lately and it's exciting and it's um, difficult and I love it. And sometimes I hate it, but it's wonderful. I don't know if that makes any sense, (laughs) but uh, I'm thinking of that story in the Bible during the transfiguration where the disciples are really, really tired and i mean maybe this is reading into it but it seems like probably the last place they want to be is on that mountain looking at jesus and they're falling asleep and right precisely at that moment is when god's glory is revealed um and i feel like god does that to me a lot i he does grant their desires in my heart but he doesn't always grant the desires of my flesh the way that i ask and that's a good thing that's a grace but at the time it's not always So easy. Um, I'm currently in a position, I think I had shared last time, I enjoy substitute teaching. It enables me to kind of get sort of a ministry, fulfill a need, and then spend time, you know, I leave it at school and I can come home and work work and focus on what I need to focus on. Well, there's so much need in the school right now that December 23rd, I got a phone call and was asked, can you teach a Spanish class? Like a regular teacher, they call it a long-term sub. Can you just take the Spanish test class in January, which would be in a week? And (laughs) I, I, ouch! I'm I'm not a certified teacher, and I'm not fluent in Spanish. So (laughs) that's that's just how bad the school district needed. They've been looking. There were three teachers down. They've been looking really, really a lot. I, I have a high school level Spanish. I, I do speak fairly well. I get by very well. But, you know, I haven't taken a Spanish class in 25 years. And um, they had seen me do kind of a couple of weeks to fill in. And, and yeah, you know, I love the kids. And they're like, you have pretty good classroom management skills. But still, I'm not a certified teacher. I have high school level Spanish. And it's a very under-resourced area, in, you know, in, in the inner city. And so, and on top of that, there's just COVID. I can't explain COVID has just made it very hard. The seventh and eighth graders being the two years when they were really supposed to be learning how to focus and things, COVID just kind of, you know, it messed a lot up for everybody. You know, it was just a hard deal. Uh, I work at a wonderful school, like beautiful, beautiful principals, beautiful teachers, a lot of high need, a lot of high need, just heartbreaking stories, one after another, after another, after another. And it there's it's hard, and then on top of that, so I'm—I didn't want this job. Um, it's not something I'm trained in. <laughs> it's not something I have resources for, and there are a lot of resources missing and a lot of issues. And so my first thought was, "Oh no, <laughs> no!" <laughs> I actually—I wept the first couple of days before I went because, like, I didn't want. I'm like, "I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this." And of course, when you get to this point where God calls you to do something, and you say, "I can't do this." Um. then somehow God says or shows to you "Well, I can. And so through these experiences, I probably could write another book just about the last three months and the next two months to come, because I have till the end of June, uh, God is just doing these amazing things. These uh, just, and he's enabling me. I, I say this trying not to get fired. I, I'm able to share the gospel without proselytizing because, That one morning I walked into the school. As I'm walking to school, I walked to school. I heard God say to me, your message today is that the kids matter. Forget everything else you said, just tell them they matter. Well, I can't tell them you have to believe in Jesus Christ or else because it's not a Christian school. But I can say you're loved and you matter, which pretty much is the gospel, you know. So I was able to say that. Now, these are really rough kids. These are really rough kids um, who have really tough stories, a lot of absentee parents, a lot of drug issues, just, just a lot of um, much higher need than you would normally see in a typical school. And so um, I, every every class, I'm like, they're gonna roll their eyes at me. They're gonna, and I just, I felt like saying to every class, The reason I'm here is to tell you, you matter. I want you to learn Spanish, but you matter. You're worth something. And then I felt very strongly that I needed to go to each student and tell them what I saw in them, which was basically prophetic. So I got to be prophetic and (laughs) it was very cool. And I'm expecting the kids to roll their eyes and they're going, no, me next, me next, me next. And they're just staring at me and like, there was change just by saying you matter, these, these kids, they don't have self-worth. I, I know there are other teachers. I know the teachers love on them. I know the teachers try to help them, but the voices of the world are saying so much to them that they don't hear. One one of the kids, I, oh my goodness, I love him so much now, but he was an issue when I was substituting in the past. And he just looked me straight in the eye and said, nobody ever told us that in school before. Nobody ever told us it mattered. And now all of a sudden, I mean, the joke is, uh-oh, you're accidentally turned into an A student because he was like, I'm not doing anything but D work. I'm going to pass. And now he's like, the kids are actually doing, not because I'm this great Spanish teacher because I can't be, but because it's like they know they matter to God. And then right before Easter break, I was able to share a little bit about Holy Week because that's culture. So right. I couldn't say you have to believe in this, but I could say in the Christian faith, we believe Christians believe I happen to be a Christian and I could talk about Jesus dying and I could talk. No, I have to be very careful because I can't proselytize in school, but I'm certainly not going to be any less than me. And then I was able to witness to the principal because she was talking about how hard it was and everyone keeps giving up on the kids. And I said, listen, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm not going to try to force anyone my beliefs, but I really believe that I'm here from God to tell the kids that they're loved and they matter. And she didn't argue with that. She was fine with that. So, it's been kind of amazing because there's a job I absolutely can't do. I absolutely can't. I know how Moses felt. You know, like I mean, it's not two million people, but it's a hundred really difficult ones. Middle schoolers. <laughs> wow. And every day I have to wake up and say, God, I can't do this. I, I can't do this. And then God does it, and these things are happening. And I'm I'm not trying to be humble. It absolutely cannot be me. It absolutely right. can't. I'm so. Underqualified in every way for this job. And yet, God's doing these amazing things. And some of them are actually like they're learning Spanish too. I'm like, how is this happening? <laughs> how is this happening? And that's just a little thing. I mean, I guess I have the bigger life changing, my life fell apart, and God put it back together stuff. But right now, I just am in this daily walk of grace, um, in this spiritual boot camp that's defining me and stretching me. And maybe I won't have to do it the rest of my life, but. I certainly know that this is a divine appointment that God mm. is using me in the lives of others and getting me in places that maybe a traditional church ministry wouldn't. And right. even opening up ways to share, like, I got to share about Jesus without, you know, quote unquote, proselytizing. Cause that's, it's Holy week. That's like a huge thing in the it's Latin countries. So it's, and it's neat because God is providing ways for me to share about God's love within this Circumstance, and it's it's just been incredible. I'm exhausted. <laughs> it's been incredible. This incredible defining thing. Mm.
0: And well, what's so cool is to just hear you say, "I can't do this," but see, yeah. that's where God's strength in your weakness, and mm-hmm. He is giving you the words, and mm-hmm. then He's causing them to respond. With, I mean, they're wanting to now live up to what you've said that they do matter so all of a sudden it's like well if I matter maybe this maybe I I'd want to do better than be a D student
1: well you know it's affected my preaching too because I figured this is the way I talk to the kids because I can talk to them that way and I can say I, I never say you're worthless I'm, I actually will say middle school language you're not dumb you just do dumb things so I'm like, don't do a dumb thing. Or I can say, I don't just say, I never say like, what's wrong with you? I say, you're better than that. Why would you do that? You're better than that. And mm. it started to bleed over into I my did. preaching. Because <laughs> I'm I saying you matter. I just spoke on atonement and said, we matter to God. We're priceless to God. So why would I we treat ourselves or God like anything less? And who knew that middle school would be a training ground for preaching? But it's it's been kind of amazing. It's been wow. kind of amazing. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So, okay, so your book is entitled An Anointed Mess: Discovering the Daily Adventure of Grace. So, I think you just pretty much explained in a very great a very uh timely illustration of a daily adventure of grace. Don't you yes. think? Yes. Yes, amen. <laughs> oh gosh. So, okay, so then so that was a great example of your subtitle. And if, if the book took you 15 years, it was 15 years in the making, what prompted you to write the book and why did it take so long? Well, I
1: I guess at this point, it's been about 16 because it's been a year since, uh, close to a year since it was published. And I had something happen with a renter that reminded me of, it was really my issue. I I couldn't forgive. The renter was wrong. I mean, they weren't doing what they are supposed to be doing. But I could, I just couldn't let go. I couldn't let go. I couldn't let go. And then at some point, it occurred to me that this renter owned me about owed me about a hundred days' pay, and I immediately thought of, you know, the parable of the unforgiving soupster. Who I can talk? the uh, The parable of the unforgiving servant, where the other person owed a hundred denarii and. When I read it before, I was like, well, that's dumb. Why wouldn't he just forgive? But then when I lived it, I went, okay, yeah, <laughs> I get it now. And, yep. and so I wrote an article about it. And then a uh, couple months later, I wrote an article as kind of as a Father Day gift about my dad, because I was you know really into Psalm 46, um, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. So I wrote an article called My Daddy, My Fortress and talked about how my relationship with my own father um, who wasn't perfect, but always there, always loving, you know, always a good dad turned me to my heavenly father. And then I wrote about that. And after that second one, I'm like, oh, this is everywhere. You know, I just, it, it, all of a sudden I just started, God started bringing to me either even through a struggle or through something I learned or something my daughter would say, or something my husband would say scripture. So now it's like I, I have something happened to me. I, it's still, I still feel like this, something will happen to me in life. And I think of a scripture that goes with it. Like I think of the transfiguration and I mean, who puts middle school and transfiguration together, but I just have this kind of weird mind that does that. And so I started writing more and more and I'm like, it was helpful to me. I mean, as I'm sure, you know, you write, you write for others, but you really right for you too. Cause in that whole process, you're learning and growing and working things out. And um, so of course, and all my wisdom, I knew I'm just going to write it, then it's going to get published and I'm going to be, a, you know, world famous author and all my problems will be over because I had a bad renter and I forgave her. So now all is good. <laughs> and then it Didn't work like that. And it seemed like over and over and over again, God was going, Nope, I'm not done yet. God's still not done. You know, God's still not done, but I'm not done with the book yet. I'm not done with the book yet. And thing after thing, after thing happened. And, um, the last chapter is about, total breakdown we had six or seven years ago it still didn't publish after that for a while there's a god told me but when god said it was time to publish the money came through then i'm like i'm not asking my husband for all the money to publish the book he came to me and he's like this house that was this horrible horrible house horrible renters it ended up we ended up being able to sell it to an old neighbor and it was like a blessing for them we actually Mm -hmm. said May we make money on this house and may a blessing to some be a blessing to someone else because it has been nothing but a pain in the air to us. And, and our neighbor bought it and it was perfect for them. Cause it was another room and, you know, and it wasn't a good, and God just after 15 years, almost that, the book started with this house and the wrenching wow. of the house and, it wow. ended, and, and like God in the middle of the night, God wrote the last part of the last chapter in my head. And I remember hearing it's done, it's finished. And just keeping it to myself. And then I'm like, God, we can't afford this. We don't, I, you know, I just lost my job and just got into it. My, my husband wasn't working for a year and a half. He got in bad car, car accident, motor, motorcycle accident. I'm like, we don't, this is the worst. What do you mean it's done? We have no resources. We have no money. And then like two weeks later, this house that we can never sell, my husband goes, um, yeah, our neighbors want to buy it. We don't even have to put it on the market. And it's a hot market right now. So we could sell it cheaper to them, cheaper to us because we didn't have to go through realtors and anything. Finish the book and it's finished, but we have no resources. I lost my job. Ben had to be out of work for a year and a half because of a bad car accident. And um, so I'm like, okay, God, you'll just provide the resources within, if if you want it. And I'm thinking I, I must be wrong. It's been so many times within a couple of weeks, Ben told me, oh, so our neighbor called, he wants to buy our house. And it did end up being, we had been praying for years we don't want to just load this off on someone else. We want it to be a blessing, but we don't want to lose money. And we found it, it. We were able to charge less because we didn't have to do all the extra stuff with selling a house. So we made good money. It was a good deal for them. And again, I'm like, I am out of work. My husband is on disability. I can't ask him. And he came to me and said, Karen, it's time to publish your book. And I wow. said, oh going to be expensive. No, it is. It's time. We're going to use part of the money from the house to do it. So it was like all of years just striving and striving and striving. And I've learned striving doesn't work as good. You know, focus is good. Seeking God is good. But the whole thing of trying to impose your agenda on God that's just exhausting. <laughs> yeah. And it does like not work very well. not exhausting in the way running a marathon's exhausting. It's exhausting in the way that running on a gerbil wheel would be exhausting. <laughs> it doesn't work. So it is kind of, I was almost kind of like, all right, God, yeah, it's time. And and then I mean, as you know, I, I signed a contract with Redemption Press, I think either February first or March first. And it was an ebook by the end of April. So it was just that, just like that. It
0: was boom. Wow. And when God, it's so, time. <laughs> I love that. See, when he says go, Amen. he he's, he's paving the way it's time. So you beautifully state that we should not only seek to receive God's grace, but also be bearers of grace. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like in a practical sense? Now, definitely. Forgiving that person that owed you on the house. I mean, that was one way you did it, but give me another illustration of that.
1: Well, over the last few years for me, what it really means is um, retiring from the need to always have an opinion, (laughs) retiring from the need to always have to express an opinion. And here's the sticky one retiring from the need to fix other people. And that's hard because we think of grace as helping others. But when and, and we do want to help others. But when we do that thing, and honestly, I'm talking about my own marriage here. You're married to someone, you know what's wrong with them. Or you think you know what's wrong with them, and you right. don't want it to be that way. Because it's inconvenient to you. And so, like, my own marriage got so much better when I retired from trying to fix, you know, quote, unquote, fix my husband. He couldn't fix me. I had to fix him, you know. And um, I think there's something in knowing understanding and being comfortable with our own mess and brokenness. And, you know, as I say that, I don't say that as an excuse to do bad. Just, you know, we're sloppy sometimes. Grace is sloppy. Life is sloppy. And when we can laugh at that and when we can be honest about that, it frees us to just love other people, you know, Mm. to instead of hanging on to that thing that's wrong in another person. We can acknowledge it. We don't have to ignore it. But nor do we have to focus on it. You know, you can, you're driving, you can focus, you can notice something on the side of the road and be like, oh, that's interesting. Or, oh, I wouldn't go there. But you don't stare at it. You'll get in a car accident. So, and I think that kind of meant, you know, being in touch with my own value and yet my own brokenness, but my value, first of all, because I know I'm valued, I can look at the stuff in me that needs to be fixed and work on it. Not because I'm less than, but because I'm more than enough. So I might, I might as well not try, might as well try to lean into that and live according to that. Right. Um, and then that just makes it easier to do with others. When you know that you're like that, then you relieve others of the pressure to be perfect too. Because it's like.
0: Exactly. So the grace, you're giving yourself some grace. God's given you that grace. You're seeing your weaknesses. You're admitting them. You're embracing them and saying, okay, Lord, how can how can I change? How can I grow? And that's just that active participation of sanctification. And, but that when, when you have received that kind of grace, you're able to give it then to those around you. And I love that. And So as we wrap, (laughs)
1: I'm so sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, even the situations, and that's really the daily adventure of grace thing, things that you would normally complain about. And, I still complain. It's a, I'm a work of grace there, but things that you know, all of a sudden they become adventures. They become, I, I read your book that your book about what happened with redemption press and with your husband and it all of these things that could just be, look at what broke me. Look at what broke me. It's kind of like, look at the shards of glass that God used to build a castle.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And exactly. I, I love that. Like I don't have to be upset in the long run about anything that happens because the definition of redemption is that God is not only going to use it, God is going to use it to make something beautiful and it'll be exactly. good. for you.
0: Amen. Amen. So, okay. So as we start to land this plane, give us, um, you know, a tip or a tool that has helped you in your journey to remember that God is at work, working all things together for good, even when you couldn't see him doing it. Hmm.
1: In a word, I would just say praise. Mm. I powerful, powerful about praise. You, remembering God is a choice. Yeah. So Amen. praise praise is almost like a muscle. The more we do it, the more, you know, if you never walk, it hurts to walk. But if you walk, you start loving. I love walking. Yeah. So there's there's something about choosing to remember what God has done.
0: Hmm. Amen. Amen. And that does change. It changes the atmosphere. It changes how we feel. and But we have to choose to do it. Mm-hmm. And that that helps us. I think the more we do that, the more we remember what he has done and worked Absolutely. together for good. That sometimes we get amnesia. You know, we forget, <laughs> just like the Israelites. Like, how could you do this to us, Moses? You are so mean. You know, I mean, like, they just had the sea parted. You know. I mean, like what is up with you? But we'll do the same thing if we don't actively Absolutely. intentionally praise. So that's a good word. So if we have some people listening today and they would like to connect with you online or on social media, what's where's the best place to find you?
1: Well, my website sort of is a streamline for everything else. I do. I, I have Daily Adventures and Grays podcast, uh, YouTube channel and blog that I'm fairly regular with. And I'm pretty active on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, and Twitter. All of that you can get to through KarenMariePennington.com. Uh, that also gives you a link to an email address where you can connect with me as well. Uh, it's, it's, it's a fairly straightforward site. That's just k a r e n m a r i e p e n n i n g t o ncom
0: perfect well my friend thank you for being with us today it was just delightful to have you on again and just I just love your story of God equipping you to teach Spanish and just pour into those kids so mm-hmm. um, it's going to be fun to hear how that ended up and and just the the fruit that comes from those all those seeds being planted in those kids so mm-hmm. thank you so much for being with us today
1: thank you so much and god bless you